I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. This is Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. Corey Willis from TPI. I'm Drew with D&J Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. Diesel Podcast. You're listening to The Diesel Podcast. The Diesel Podcast. The one and only Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? You guys have been giving us tons of awesome feedback on iTunes and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Keep hitting us up. There's so many episodes we have planned based off your guys' suggestions, so we want to thank you for that. Also, make sure and check out thedieselpodcast.com. We've got all the episodes there. We've got an apparel store, uh, blogs, tons of different things. So if you're looking for one place that has all the episodes, you can listen whenever you want. Just go to thedieselpodcast.com. Today's episode's really cool. It's for the Cummins guys out there. If you got a 030759, you're planning on doing a build over a thousand horse. Should you maybe think about doing a 6.4 liter Cummins? Maybe stay with 5.9. Maybe go to something different. We're going to talk about that. Before we do, though, we want to thank ATS Diesel and Dan's Diesel Performance for making this episode possible. Just go to atsdiesel.com and dansdieselperformance.com if you're looking to do anything with your truck from a full build to bolt-on parts, pretty much anything. We're excited to talk about a sort of a new topic, but one that we've gotten a lot of inquiries with and uh, listeners asking, what is this engine? What, you know, I keep seeing it. What does it do? So today we're going to talk about a 6.4 liter Cummins and we've got Ryan on. How you doing this afternoon, Ryan? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Staying busy out there? Summertime? Yes, sir. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do in, in the diesel community and racing and everything out there. Well, I'm Ryan Acker with Cruel Intentions Diesel. Um, kind of got started just about like most of the other enthusiasts out there. Um, wanted to, you know, wanted to mod my truck, wanted to go a little faster than the next guy, pull a little further than the next guy, and it spirals out of control. As we all know. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Pretty quick, too. Yes, definitely. So, you know, you go from one day driving a stockish truck to 500 horsepower to needing more, and you've got broken engine parts, and where do you go from there? So, uh, you know, that kind of drove us into where we are now with, you know, experimenting with what we can do to make, you know, that big number and make it as reliably as possible. What kind of truck did you start out with as far as in in this journey? Uh, I've got an 04 and a half Dodge. Um, obviously started out as a 5.9 with a 48. Um, we made a 950 at the tire and kind of got a little antsy with it and the bottom end decided that it was done. So whenever it broke, we kind of stepped back and punted and went through several different setups to wind up with the 6.4 that we have now. Um, so it's a 6.4 with a built 48, um, in-house built 48, um, Darren Morrison valve body, um, you know, a, a couple little things inside. Um, and the, like I said, the 6.4 with Carrillo's and pretty i mean amazingly pretty stock for what we do with the truck um you know it's a truck that runs mid to high nine um at really close to full weight so 
you know, not not too slouchy um, for what it is. No, it's moving. It's moving. For our listeners out there who may not know what a six four is, say they they know what a five. They've heard of a five nine. They've heard of a six seven. Can you walk us through what exactly is a six point four liter Cummins? Well, the six four originally kind of started out with Ashley Black um, out of from Black's Diesel out of Georgia. He um, was, you know, taking the six seven block with the five nine crank and cutting the deck of the block down get your 6.4 liters of displacement um we start you know you start kind of looking around and noticing that these six fours are actually living a little bit longer than the five nines as far as you know wear and so forth and so on because the the stress on the rod bearings just was not there the rod the difference in the rod angle made a big difference in you know stress on the bottom end so where hard part failures weren't exactly really common in the thousand horsepower trucks you were seeing guys that were really punishing uh you know bottom end bearings so ashley does his six four and you know all we had available at the time was a standard length rod whatever um then you know fast forward to now where you have an abundance of rod options for the six fours and you've even got quite a few guys that are you know doing a custom a custom piston, custom rod, and a sleeved block to, to get the 6.4 liters of displacement and keep the rod angle proper without, you know, and make a, a huge number now um, versus the 1,000 horsepower that we were playing with, you know, a few short years ago. Now, at what power level is, was this something where you guys were like, we need to, we need to change it up a bit? Um, I myself experienced quite a, quite a bit of rod bearing where you know once you broke the thousand horsepower um you know once you busted the door down to a thousand horsepower it seemed like you know the trucks were living um if they didn't get a lot of street miles no real negative effects the trucks that were really um you know being punished on the street and racing and sled pulling you uh, you know we'd start seeing a lot of rod bearing where um you know we'd pull them apart to inspect every every season every other season whatever and we were starting to notice that, you know, we were just really quick wearing bearings down, you know, getting into getting into Babbitt material or whatever. And it was just amazing how, how quick you could go through a set of bearings. Coating wasn't really helping. I mean, the coating just kind of, it, it flaked most of the time. So we uh, kind of started playing with the 6.4s. Well, once you take that 80,000 longer rod it straightens the rod angle up a little bit you don't side load the rod near as bad um, you know as you start the compression stroke and or the power stroke and with with the with the rod angle being better on the start of the power stroke it does not it doesn't punish the bearings as bad it's more of a straight on load than a side load um, and then of course fast forward a little bit more we go from you know having 1,000 horsepower trucks to needing trucks that make 13, 14, 1,500 plus horsepower to be competitive. And that throws a whole new ball game, you know, that throws a whole new curve at it at the ball game because you've got to go from 1,000 horsepower where for the most part, you know, you can make a stock block live or whatever to 1,200 horsepower where the stock block gets on borrowed time. So then we've got to go through how do we make the cylinders live. Um, and, you know, we've 
options from, you know, a stock 6.7 bore with a decent sleeve all the way down to, you know, a, a custom piston and rod with a, a smaller bore and the 6.7 stroke. But the longer rod and custom piston takes the rod angle back to where it should be. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Now, is there any downside to a 6.4? I know there's like a few different ways to do it, but were there any downsides or trade-offs that you guys experienced in this process? It's not a six seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you, you lose three tenths of a liter. Um, nothing really that you're truthfully, you know, that the average person's truthfully going to notice. Um, the only thing that I found that works better is, you know, to go to a deck plate setup. But there again, then you get even more time and money involved into the engine build to yeah. go to the deck plate. So, I mean, without without getting into the high-end deck plate engine and the few little constraints that come with having a deck plate, especially in a street truck, um, you um, you know, the 6.4 the is kind of the, the be-all, end-all. I know this, the 6.7 Cummins guys are going to they're gonna be listening. And... They those trucks have have come a long way as far as power, but you know when he had mentioned you know it's not a six seven for those guys so they understand when you start getting over that twelve hundred thirteen hundred horse mark what does that engine what's its downfall with the rod angles and the the, the block and just the whole setup that it's kind of holding them back in a holding pattern where. You guys aren't saying, well, let me go get a 6.7 Cummins block and build it. You're going a different route and doing the 6.4. Uh, the, the main issue that we see with the 6.7 um, above the 12 to 1300 horsepower mark lies mainly in the block. Um, yes, it's a Siamese block, but there's just the block can't handle the cylinder pressure that you're making at 1300 horsepower, especially on a you know on a big upshift, you know, like on a 3-4 upshift in a 48 truck, where it really puts the truck back into peak torque really, you know, really quick snap of a finger kind of deal yeah. uh, and cylinder pressure spikes, um, we're seeing a lot of blocks crack um, you know vertical in the cylinder um, so crack the cylinder, split the block from top to bottom um, and and it pushes compression into the water jackets, obviously. Um, that just twelve to thirteen hundred horsepower. Be and it's not necessarily just a six seven thing. Uh, five nine or six seven block, either one at that power level, you're you're running borrowed time on how long the block is going to last before it does split a cylinder. Um, and that's why you know you see guys that are going you know for the twelve to thirteen hundred plus horsepower trucks are going to a sleeve. Um, the sleeve is realistically a little bit better material and handles the the increased cylinder pressure a lot better than just the factory block does. That was the next thing I was kind of thinking that uh, you know these guys are going to be asking it's like what's a sleeve? Why is it better? And <laughs> I mean you, you answered it there, and you can see how this is how this has come so far, kind of quick, you know, with the power levels and and the other you know, the air and the fueling and the tuning. Um, and we're starting to see more of these kind of hybrid engines or these six, four setups 
out there. And I'm sure for you know you guys and your team, when you don't have the bearing failures and you don't have the issues, you guys can take the truck more places. You can do more things with it. There's less downtime with it. Oh, yes, definitely. And that's another benefit, realistically speaking, to, um, you know, to a sleeved engine is where, you know, sometimes there's just no way around it, be it, you know, you you have not enough injector or whatever, the pulse width cranked way out um, to make, you know, the number you need to um, because you couldn't get a, a bigger injector in time for the next event, um, you know. You take a truck that's got the pulse cranked up and melt the piston, or melt the piston for any reason, really. You melt the piston in a sleeved engine, you don't have to pull the block. I mean, technically, don't have to pull the block out and send it off to have the cylinder board or whatever. Um, you know, our sleeved engines, we can replace the sleeve, piston, and back up and run it. Um, it, it does make the, the rebuild process a little easier. You know, obviously, it's not ideal to just drop a liner and a, a piston in, but in competition, sometimes that's just the only option you've got. Yeah, but it, like you said, it's definitely you know, quicker, easier, <laughs> less expensive than, you know, a bunch of machine work and yanking an engine and all the time and lead time with everything, you know. Right, definitely. You know, when, when you can cut that step out, especially you get into the heat of, you know, a points chase or whatever, and you can cut the, the time out where you don't have to go to the machine shop with a block and hope that they've got it back to you in time to get it assembled for the next weekend. You know, like I said, it's not a perfect world, but it's a whole lot easier to, to pull a, a sleeve or a liner and put, you know, replace it and a piston and get the engine back together and be back up and ready to go than it is to, to cross your fingers and hope that the machine shop can get you taken care of in time. But kind of on the opposite end of that is, say, if you put this in a truck that you may drive every day or a few times a week or something like that, how do these setups hold up to daily driving, heat cycles, you know, stop-and-go traffic, things like that? Um, a lot of it, I'm assuming you're speaking mainly on sleeved engines. A lot yeah. of the the sleeved engines do really well. Um, a lot of it comes back into what sleeve you use, what design sleeve you use. Um, I mean, obviously, there there's some sleeve designs out there that will not work in a stock truck. Um, I mean, they'll work, but it's, you know, a roll of the dice on how long the engine's going to last with that sleeve in it. Um, we have a few engines that are, you know, sleeved, Six fours that have got, you know, quite a few miles on them. Um, cast pistons, um, sleeve back down to standard six seven bore that are, you know, thirty thousand mile engines. You know, or are running at thirty thousand miles. You know, twelve hundred horsepower with no negative effects. But you know, once you start getting into the sleeved engines, it's a whole lot more than just ordering. A set of pistons and rings and everything and assembling an engine. You, you know, you've got to have a quality machine shop that knows 100% what they're doing to be able to spec the sleeve or a shop in general that can spec the sleeve out because, uh, like I said, your your general repair sleeves are not going to work. Uh, they're they're going to cause more trouble than good. That's definitely where, you know, say shops like yours with the experience you guys have, if somebody wants to do this, it's not just like, 
going on a drop down menu and selecting something and you know waiting for an engine to show up you guys are able to advise this truck owner and say you should go this route this is why this is how you're gonna use the truck this is gonna serve you best so you, that as a guesswork you know by the truck owners taken away which is great because it's a lot of money and time and everything else involved oh yeah definitely um and that i mean i think that a lot of people look at the shops as you know they just want you to buy the you know the biggest and the best but a lot of times it is more of a hey i've been there you know I, i've been through multiple engines trying to do what you're doing and if you don't you know if you don't go this direction with it you're gonna have problems down the road um you know we we can kind of with a, a power goal and knowing how you're going to use the truck we can tell you you know pretty pretty well spot on for 90 percent of the scenarios how the truck is going to live you know whether you're going to have issues um you know and once you start getting into the 13 to 1500 horsepower range of course anything can happen but we can kind of advise you on what is going to you know what's going to live the longest or have the best chance of surviving um, at that power level that's a really good point you brought up which it, it I've, i remember seeing it for years like when i got into diesels i was just going on forums and reading and then getting magazines and all those sorts of things is sometimes there's that perception that well the shop's just trying to get me to spend an extra 500 bucks or an extra 1500 dollars but these like you guys are enthusiasts first second these are businesses you guys invest so much time effort money into um you know families are involved friends are involved it's it, it's very much a, a team effort and one of the worst things i'm sure you know, you've seen it in in your career before is you never want to have a customer you know come back and say Wow, I wish I would have done this, or you know, oh, I got the wrong setup, and now my truck's down for three months, and you know they feel like they wasted money. So it's that integrity that that you know shops like yours have, where you guys want to make sure the customer is taken care of, whether they don't spend an extra five hundred bucks or they spend an extra five hundred bucks. It's what setup's best for this truck, right? And that you know, I, I tell a lot of guys, you know, there's a lot of guys that want to make that big number, you know, 13 to 1500 horsepower, um, or even a thousand plus horsepower, we'll say. Um, yeah, the initial investment is expensive, but if you think the initial investment's expensive, you, you know, you need to sit back and look at what you're going to spend per year, especially if you're going to beat on the truck, which you obviously are. I mean, you're not building a thousand horsepower truck to, you know, drive back and forth to the grocery store i mean yes you can do it but that's not the sole purpose of it i mean if you're building a thousand plus horsepower truck you're gonna beat on it that's nature um you know you have a lot of guys that want to do this and it's like okay you know that here's what it's going to cost you to get there but you also need to think about what it's going to cost you you know every week or whatever you know if you're racing it every week what it's going to cost you every week or if you're racing it on a weekend what it's going to cost you every season, um, you know, to maintain the truck. Uh, because you're not, you know, you're not talking about making an oil change every 5,000 miles in a 1,000-horsepower truck and that being the only maintenance you've got to do. 
Um, I mean, at that power level, you're you're looking at, you know, some of your transmission parts even are going to become consumables. Um, you know, in the 13 to 1500 horsepower range, we're doing off-season checks on 90% of the engine components, you know, whether it be just pulling the pan and spinning a set of bearings in it, you know, compression tests, so forth and so on. Um, you cannot, it doesn't matter what you spend up front, you, you're not going to be able to just log it every time you start it and not do any maintenance on it. The, the cost of horsepower at that point um, is not so much the initial as it is the the maintenance cost. That is an excellent point because, you know, say it's seven, eight hundred, nine hundred horse, you can probably extend things out a little bit and you're maybe not taking it out every weekend during the summer. But when we're talking a six four engine and the kind of injectors and you know C P three setup and turbo setup and transmission setup, you're investing in in taking it out to perform. And it's like any other motorsport. There's there's maintenance that comes with it or your investment, you know, is going to suffer and it's going to be a lot of repairs. Yes, definitely. That's, you know, like with, with our shop truck, we, you know, we see that. Um, I mean, you get it, you get a feel for it and you can kind of get down to a science on how, how often it needs to be maintained more than just your, you know, your fluids and filters. But it's definitely there. Um, you know, at the point, we build a lot of six fours, you know, non-sleeved, just a basic six four, um, eighty thousand longer rod stock block for the thousand horsepower less trucks. Um, they do, I mean, they do great all the way up to the you know twelve hundred horsepower range, but there comes a time where when you cross this line, you you have extra incurred costs of maintenance. Um, and there's no way around it. I mean, it's either, you know, you you spend the money to maintain it or you spend the money when you have a failure, and it's going to be a whole lot more expensive when it fails. And for the guys out there listening, where where do you guys take this truck in case they want to see it, you know, talk to you guys, get some, uh, you know, maybe some feedback or ask you some questions in person? Uh, we're, we get most of the OBSS races. Um, we're currently getting the cage finished up and certified and everything. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, be back out within, for Rocky Top at least. Um, we also hit a lot of the local tracks in the southern Illinois, uh, southern Indiana, western Kentucky area. So if you see us at any event, feel free, you know, stop in, say hi, check us out on Facebook. You know, any questions, feel free to to give us a shout and we'll, we'll help you as best as we can. I'm so glad I got to be able to <clears throat> chat with you today about about this this engine setup because it's starting to gain more you know interest and become more mainstream and and there's a, a good amount of questions that pop up that uh, the guys ask us you know what is this setup when do I need it why should I go to it and you answered a lot of those questions and it, it gives Cummins guys something to think about you know especially if they're gonna start taking it to events and, and, you know, trying to be consistently competitive, you know, with it in a controlled environment or a series. Yes, definitely. And, you know, that compared to some of your other alternatives, the, the six, four is more of a, you know, entry level, you know, a, a good entry to start with, 
your your quest for horsepower versus you know getting into some of the deck plate or other engines you know you can as long as you use a little judgment you can start with the basic 6.4 and as your goals change or as your needs change rather you can work your way from that into you know a sleeve 6.4 that'll handle you know 1500 plus horsepower so, so i mean they're kind of i feel like they're a little more modular than some of the other alternatives and it's a little cheaper to expand upon uh, as you you know as you go than say going from a six seven to a deck plate or you know right into a deck plate i guess i should say or whatever save some money for other upgrades <laughs> awesome Ryan. well i like I said, appreciate your time today thanks for for sharing your knowledge and experience and giving us all something to think about on these builds yeah not a problem thank you for having us don't forget diesel fans make sure and check out ats diesel and dan's diesel performance they got a ton of cool products for everything from mid-90s trucks all the way to current. Everything in between for bolt-on stuff, full builds, no matter what it is, they've got everything. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.